Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking, which if you missed the last episode, you might not know that the podcast came in as one of the top 20% most followed and most shared globally podcasts, which blew my mind. That information came from Spotify last week, and I was so excited to see that and so excited Um, not just that day, but for days following, um, because it really means so much to me that you listen to the podcast that you share with your friends. And obviously you have been because it did fall in that top 20 most shared podcast globally, which is just crazy. So anyways, keep listening, keep sharing. So appreciate you being here because what's the point of me doing this podcast if you're not listening and hopefully we'll make it into the top 10 or even 5% next year. Who knows? Um, you can also help that to happen by either following the podcast if you're not, excuse me, subscribing, because it depends on what platform you're on. Some call it following, some call it subscribing. But anyways, whatever platform you're listening to, subscribe, follow. And if you can leave us a review. So on Spotify, I know you can just do the stars, which is great. If you're on iTunes, you can actually do a written um, review. And that is even I don't want to say more wonderful, but it is fantastic if you can do that because that really helps bump up our viewership on iTunes. And we want to keep spreading the word. So anyways, it is just a couple of weeks till the end of the year. I can't can't even tell if it's two or three weeks, but we have this week's episode, next week's episode, and I think one more after that. And then we'll do a retrospective of the last week of the year um, on the best hits from the podcast this year. So I'm excited to start pulling that together. Um, it's going to take me a minute to pull all that together, but it'll be a really good, fun episode to listen to, to um, yeah, get some really good information in a short period of time. All right, what else is going on? You can still sign up for the Hormone Breakthrough Blueprint wait list by going to my website, christinegarvin.com. All of that and the launch is happening really, really soon. And if you didn't hear, I am super excited to bring in a new aspect to my practice, and that is bioresonance, also known as biofeedback scan. So this is something that really... Uh, measures what's going on in your body on an energetic frequency level, right? And the thing is, we're not just physical, we're not just emotional, but we are also energetic beings. We know that because we go to acupuncture and get those needles and that, you know, uh, releases, uh, releases our energy and gets rid of pain and helps all kinds of things, right? So that's a really uh, easy way to kind of identify with this idea of energy bodies, right? And so this scan actually can see what's going on and what kind of energy blockages you have. And it can also do some frequency balancing. So it's actually a healing technique alongside with scanning to see what's going on in your body. So I am super, super happy to bring this into my practice. I've been wanting to bring in biofeedback for a while, and I've just been on the search for what I feel like is the best option out there. And the one that I went with, I think is definitely the best option and really came highly recommended by several colleagues. And then when I went through the process myself, I was like, okay, this thing is pretty dead on. It called the, you know, aspects and issues that I know that I have in my own body. So 
is great. And I ran it on a client yesterday and, you know, she did tell me, she's like, she's really tuned into her energetic body. So she, you know, will notice when things um, impact her energy body. And as soon as we started running the scan, she noticed something. And then when we did the healing frequencies, she felt completely different after that. And it's, um, you know, just this amazing, amazing tool. So I'm bringing that up because guess what? If you are in Hormone Breakthrough Blueprint, you are going to get one of these scans done on you. So happy that this happened before this round of Hormone Breakthrough Blueprint so that I could incorporate it for every single individual person that's in that program. I also will incorporate it in my one-on-ones. And if you didn't know, I'm really shrinking down the amount of one-on-ones I'm doing next year because of so many things happening in my business. I really need to kind of hone in on that that smaller but really supportive one-on-one like because I really support my one-on-one clients a lot a lot and I can only but do but so many so I'm excited to be able to do that it's going to be better for them it's going to be better for me and then focusing on live group programs um and you know other fun things like self-guided programs and um talks and all sorts of stuff is coming up next year so Anyways, if you are interested in the Hormone Breakthrough Blueprint, you can go to my website. You can read all about it. You can get on the wait list. I recommend getting on it sooner rather than later because there is going to be a um, great option that's going to come here in about a week or two. And um, yeah, and then you can also check out my one-on-one if you're interested in that path. Okay, so let's get into today's episode with Danielle. And I think this is such a great episode. And and I ask that um, you keep your mind open as you listen to this episode, depending. I don't know what your mind is like. But in terms of understanding the empowerment that can come from um, what Danielle ended up, uh, the kind of work that she ends up, uh, ended up doing, which is exotic dancing, um, and that came from her learning pole which, you know, is kind of all the rage in a lot of places in the U.S. right now. Um, So I think a lot of women can understand that empowerment that can come from that. And the ability to really weave health into that and taking care of your hormones and taking care of um, just your overall health as you work a what we'll call non-traditional job. Because there's lots of people that do work non-traditional jobs. And that means, you know, working at night. And so your circadian rhythm maybe gets thrown off, all those kinds of things. So she's able to really explain that well and also talk about skin, which is such a huge, huge issue for so many people and how she's really been able to heal her skin over the years. And and it's a really beautiful story of um, connection to um, her own intuition and her own gut feelings around all of it too, which I think we can um, kind of forget sometimes how important that is. So anyways, I know that you'll enjoy this episode. We talk about all kinds of good stuff um, and hopefully you will take some new information from it and I will see you soon. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. 
Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. We are going to be talking today about all kinds of fun stuff, including something that I know a lot of you are interested in because maybe you're going through a second puberty and that skin outbreak is happening, or maybe, you know, there's just the stress of life is impacting your skin. So I know skin is such a huge important topic for so many of you listening. And we're also going to talk today about a bunch of other interesting things like working non-traditional hours, working non-traditional jobs, working as an exotic dancer, which is what our guest today is doing now, and just kind of combining all of this stuff in order to be your best healthy self, even as you are maybe off hours, if you're not sort of following the natural circadian rhythm and all that kind of stuff. So it is possible. And my guest today is Danielle Shali, who is an integrative nutritionist that focuses on women's health, beauty, and energetic wellness. When Western medicine failed to offer her answers for her irregular menstrual cycles and acne, she set out on a path to figure out the true root causes for herself. After a decade of studying functional medicine, nutrition, holistic healing, and gut health, she was able to balance her body from the inside out and clear her skin naturally. Now she helps women of all ages create the skin of their dreams through her customized one-on-one coaching program, Befriend Your Skin. You can find her at Danielle Shawley on Instagram. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Me too. So I'm super excited to talk to you about the skin aspect. Let's start there because as I mentioned, that's such a huge, you know, hard thing for a lot of women, right? Especially maybe if they kind of dealt with acne younger and then it got better and then it came back, or maybe they'd been sort of dealing with that the whole time. Um, you know, I, I used to deal with acne when I was younger, but then it just morphed into rosacea later in life. (laughs) So it's like the acne finally went away and then the rosacea came in, you know? So I certainly know how it is to, um, deal with, with skin stuff, right. Struggle with that because it's like, this is what's right in front of people's faces. So it's a big deal. So what, what's your story? How did you get on this path of working with the skin? Yeah, it it is such a big deal for a lot of people and especially coming out of puberty and then getting pimples later in life can be just such a um, thing that just takes women's self-esteem down. And I think that I got to a point where I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to have acne and wrinkles at the same time. (laughs) You're like, So I was like, no, "No, this is not the vibe. Yeah. So my skin journey actually started when I was 19 and I got my menstrual cycle late in life. I actually started at 17 and went immediately onto hormonal birth control, Mm -hmm. as we know, can be kind of a way that stunts your natural body's rhythm. So I went after my first period right onto hormonal birth control and then was on it for a couple of years. And when I got off birth control, my skin exploded Mm -hmm. and I went down the same route. A lot of people do where it's like, let's try proactive. Let's go to the doctor. Like, give me this pill, give me this cream, right? Mm -hmm. Just the whole Western medicine approach and things sort of helped, but then the acne would come back and there was always just this, 
cycle of nothing being healed. So mm. I was like, well, I think I'm gonna have to figure this out for myself. Mm-hmm. And As that's when I, yeah, <laughs> as a lot of people's story goes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like healer, heal thyself. And so I've always been super interested in the root cause of issues and mm-hmm. just knowing deep down inside that there's something different going on. Like it's not mm-hmm. something topical, like obviously something is coming from within my body and literally erupting out of my skin. Mm. So what is causing that, right? Mm. And I started to study nutrition. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and that was the beginning of a big aha moment for me and just understanding that health is so much more than just taking a pill or even a supplement for something. Mm-hmm. It's it's a holistic healing process, meaning like your whole body and mind and everything has to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. So true. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, right? Because sometimes I think we can go from, okay, I don't want to take a pill from my doctor, but tell me what supplement to take to, you know, heal or get better. And it just, that's not going to work either. You know, it's like, supplements are so important and so helpful and we need them in a lot of senses, but it's not just going to come down to that one thing. And we have to get out of that mindset of here we are, just hand me what I should take in order to get better. Exactly. And I was lucky enough to live in a community where I was surrounded by healers Mm. and my mother was actually a huge influence in my life. She, she's still alive and she, she's amazing. (laughs) I was like speaking past tense. I'm like, she's still here. She's awesome. (laughs) Hey mom. Everybody's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She, she's always been more spiritual than religious. So Mm -hmm. my upbringing was definitely more geared towards more esoteric things in nature and spirituality Mm -hmm. and, um, syncing with the cycles of nature and paying attention to the moon and taking mm-hmm. echinacea when you're sick instead mm-hmm. of the traditional over-the-counter medicine. So I've I've always had that influence in my life. And so I think that I just naturally was like, oh, I need to go see a naturopathic doctor mm-hmm. or an alternative medicine doctor. And I, I started learning about functional medicine, which mm-hmm. you're really big mm-hmm. on. And it's so important because functional medicine actually gets to the root cause of the issue instead of just putting a band-aid over it. Mm-hmm. And so I was led to do blood testing and, and nutritional testing like that and found out that different levels of vitamins were low, like vitamin D and mm-hmm. that my I wasn't producing enough hormones and just different things like that, that I was able to get a an actual picture of what was going on in my body. Mm-hmm. So Besides those things that you just mentioned, what were some of the big things that you feel like, you know, shifted your acne? Like what, what did you kind of change or do differently? Yes. Yeah, so I tried everything as mm-hmm. I mentioned, and then went into the functional medicine world, mm-hmm. trying everything. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all of the supplements. I was taking progesterone cream at one point, I was taking Vitex Mm -hmm. at one point. And just going down the list, it was was the same as the medical system. It was like, go down the list of all the things they they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. And I got so frustrated because I was doing all the right things. Right. Yeah. But still had the acne. 
And I think one of the big things that shifted for me is because I was so into the natural approach to life, my skincare was all natural based as well, Mm -hmm. which is great, but I wasn't using anything that was actually assisting my skin and turning over Mm. the cells Mm -hmm. at a more rapid pace. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things with acne is that your skin doesn't shed as quickly as it needs to. So it gets clogged Mm -hmm. and that can be caused by a number of factors we could get into later. Mm -hmm. But I had never heard about this before. No, Mm. no dermatologist, no one told me about the fact that our skin cells need to turn over more Mm. quickly and we need to assist our skin with that. So I think a big shift in my perspective was leaning into more skincare that I thought might have like chemicals in Mm -hmm. it or, Mm -hmm. or things like Mm -hmm. that. Like I was scared of chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. I was, I was greenwashed as they Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And I was putting oils all over my face thinking that it was so good for me. And just like, Oh, it's like this organic oil that costs $50. It has to be amazing. (laughs) Right. And I didn't truly understand skincare for acne. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big shift for me. Mm -hmm. But then also the the largest shift. And one thing I think we're excited to talk about today is just like taking control of my healing from a more internal point of view, Mm -hmm. meaning realizing that if I wanted clear skin, I needed to imagine myself with clear skin. Mm-hmm. I needed to stop telling myself that I had acne and I had hormonal problems mm-hmm. because I was repeating the story and keeping myself in that loop. Mm-hmm. And we definitely are going to dive more into that later because it's such a huge overlooked part. Or even if people get that, that they need to sort of shift their mindset, it's really tough for them to do because you you have to practice you like constantly have to practice right because that old those old patterns and ideas are deeply embedded in our brain right all of those so much. those neurons are firing to keep things the way the belief system the way that it was and so it takes a lot of dedication and practice in order to create that new you know um view And then, but that's when you start seeing differences in your body and whatever aspect we're talking about, right? It's not just skin, any part of your health, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you started using some of the products that you mentioned, you know, that were, and, and I actually, I just kind of want to speak to this because I think this is an interesting aspect of sort of the chemicals because, you know, most of the people that are listening to this podcast, and obviously I talk about how many chemicals are in our environment that can impact us and impact our hormones. But, you know, I had um, uh, Laura Adler, who's an environmental toxins expert on um, the podcast. And if people didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to it. It was last season. And, you know, it, it, she really explained like everything's a chemical, really. So it's, it's not, not every chemical is bad for you. Right. And so we need to sort of get really clear on the things that are um, actually, you know, acting like hormones in our body, for example, like xenoestrogens versus some of the things that are, are safe, you know, they're chemicals, but they're safe for us to use and they are useful you know, like in your, what you're talking about in say turning over your skin cells and everything. So what are, what are some of the ones that you used in order to help that? 
Yeah, I I love everything you just said. And I, it's like, even though I'm using what are considered chemicals, they're still in a formulation that is completely safe. And mm-hmm. I don't use brands that you know, are testing on animals. Mm-hmm. And I don't use a lot of big box brands. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do still have my val my values pointed towards as natural as possible, least harm done to the body, right. Mm-hmm. But there's certain very helpful ones like salicylic acid, mm-hmm. which I'm sure everyone is familiar with. But the the issue with a lot of skincare lines that are targeted for acne specifically, mm-hmm. is that they're geared towards teen skin Mm -hmm. and just this one subsection of people who have acne. Mm -hmm. And for myself, I was a woman who had acne and dry skin. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the combination. No, it's it's not common. And I think that that was really challenging for me to be like, Oh, when I use these acne systems, there's a lot of like foaming agents in them. Mm -hmm. Like you usually have like a really harsh foaming gel, cleanser and then um there's just like multiple steps of like lots of salicylic acid and things so i think it has a more drying effect on the skin right. than is necessary because they're yeah. trying to absorb Strip, all that oil right yeah, yeah, yeah out of a teen skin right. so there really was just like a a deep dive into oh how does the skin work what does the skin actually need mm-hmm. and so it was a fun i guess just learning opportunity for me to figure out how do I support my skin's hydration and keep a functioning skin barrier without Mm. stripping my skin of all the helpful oils, Mm -hmm. but still get rid of this dirt and oil and things that are clogging and causing acne. So salicylic acid is one that I started using, but in like a toner form. Mm. So I wasn't using it every single step. And I wasn't using like an acne system. It's, Mm. it's like a 2% salicylic toner that you just swipe on the face. So that was very helpful. Yeah. Another ingredient that is very underrated that most people haven't heard about is azelaic acid. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty easy to find. There's a brand called called Polish Choice that carries a an azelaic acid booster, uh, but that one is specifically researched for acne, and it's very gentle on the skin. But it is an exfoliator, so it helps kind of clear out the pores and things, similar to the salicylic acid. So those are two main ones that I incorporated, and there's a few more, and I could give people a whole skincare routine, which is what I love doing. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's a little different. And right. it's really good to when you are starting into the world of chemical exfoliants to get some guidance there. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. Yeah, work with people like you so that <laughs> you, you can get the guidance. Um, so I have to ask because I do have rosacea are I've always heard that those aren't good. You know, anything like that, it, that's gonna sort of I guess like, you know, turn over the cells too much, that kind of thing, that it's not good for rosacea, but is that not true? It's really dependent on what you're using and the exact formulation. So mm-hmm. a azelaic acid in one skincare company can be totally different from okay. another company. So it's hard to speak about things in blanket terms, as we right. know, because the nuances are so important in yep. nutrition and with anything really. So azelaic acid is actually one of the products that can be used for rosacea, interestingly oh, okay. enough. Okay. Yeah. And it, it would really... Um, 
rosacea, because it is such an inflammatory issue, it is good to go really slow mm -hmm. and to not introduce too many things at once. Whenever you're doing skincare, people have this tendency to want to like overhaul it yeah. and they, they get extreme about it and they want to like, like, I'm going to buy these 10 away. things yeah, and they, start it all. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So really like slow and steady wins the race with skincare. Mm. And especially when you're dealing with an inflammatory conditions like rosacea and acne, it's really good to introduce one thing at a time, mm -hmm. use it for a couple of weeks, make sure your skin is responding properly. And then you can add in the next ingredient in the next. Makes sense. I was also thinking about when you were talking about teenage skin and that those products are just kind of there to just like strip off all the oil, you know, I think a lot more about this than I did when I was young, but obviously hormones are just going crazy in the teenage years for most people. Um, do you find that skin is not necessarily as bad in a situation where a kid could maybe be eating better or, you know, sort of eating in a way that's supportive of their hormones? I don't know if you've like seen any of this connection or not, but Absolutely. I've actually worked with several teenagers mm -hmm. uh, or parents of teenagers. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, their skin can get cleared up just like an adult acne mm -hmm. person's skin can get cleared. We are not a slave to our hormones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that acne is a signal that something else is going on inside of the body. Mm -hmm. And it's, it should be welcomed. It's like, oh, thank you skin for showing me that mm. something's going on that I need to look deeper. So mm -hmm. I learned to have a lot of gratitude for my acne after, mm -hmm. after some time of being like, thank you, because it, it prompted me to look within and, and learn all these other things. But uh, just as easily, the kids can clear their acne. And a lot of it is diet. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if, if you're familiar with Chinese medicine at all, they do a face mapping for acne. And depending on where you have the acne on your face, it correlates to certain organ systems. Mm -hmm. So supporting your liver, for instance, supporting your gut health with the right foods and the right lifestyle habits absolutely can help with people clearing their skin at any age. Mm, yeah. And of course, it's not always easy to necessarily get a teenager to change their diet. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of it, when I think back to my teenage years, we just weren't educated on that connection right. at all. You know, it's like we really had no clue. And there was generally, you know, less access, I think, to sort of the healthier foods and the knowledge around the healthier foods than there is now. So, you know, moms that are listening with kids that have acne, you know, it's, it can yeah. be, I mean, it's not only going to help their acne, it's going to help them be more balanced too, in general, you know, as they go through this like fluctuating period of, especially, you know, with, the, with girls in this first few years really mm -hmm. of getting your period, like it's crazy time because mm -hmm. it's like suddenly estrogen is flooding the body when the body's never dealt with estrogen. Right. And so it takes time for the body to get used to that. So it takes time before you even begin ovulating to get that progesterone to help level things out a little bit, you know, and, and I know you spoke to it earlier when you started at 17 and then you got on birth control pretty quickly after that, you know, they, there's, um, research that indicates it can take like seven to nine years for our bodies to stabilize after we start our period. 
Yeah. So that's why a lot of times when women, if they are on birth control and they get into their early to mid twenties, they're like, okay, things are a lot calmer now, you know, but unfortunately so many women do get on birth control in that period of time. So they'll attribute that calming down to the birth control, which obviously is impacting them, but um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating when you learn about how like getting in there early with birth control can really throw things off so, so much because you're not fully developed yet, essentially hormonally. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to say just to any parents out there who are dealing with a teenager is that they, they probably aren't as stubborn to change as you might perceive mm-hmm. them to be. Mm-hmm. And kids are actually very open uh, to new ideas and to learning, right? Mm-hmm. They're so curious and they're so just like a sponge taking in the world. So what I found working with kids is that, yeah, sometimes they don't want to hear it from their parents. So mm-hmm. sometimes hearing it from a, a different source, like a mentor can be a really great thing for them and just mm-hmm. help them have realizations they wouldn't have had. And I remember working with a young, uh, a young girl, she is 16 and she was just so ready for every session. She mm. did the homework every time. She just she just felt so, I guess, like thankful to be receiving the information because she didn't want to look like that. Right. Like you said, you're a kid going through this time of your life and everything is crazy. And you just want like, you don't want pimples on your face no. on top of all of it. So <laughs> if you can give them a solution they are ready for it. Yeah. And that makes (laughs) sense, particularly, (laughs) I think with acne, you know, because yes, it is a deep motivating factor to make some changes when you have this thing that you can't hide, you know, I mean, even with makeup, it's pretty hard to hide like some pretty bad acne. And the poor guys don't have the makeup option. So they just have to deal with it. it. I know, poor things. So going back to your journey, um, at what point did you really start to see your acne, you know, your face healing, I guess? How long was this process? Great question. I did want to touch on that because it can be like three to six months for a lot of people mm-hmm. when they start incorporating the proper skincare and really paying attention to any dietary or lifestyle factors that might be contributing to the acne. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would say it was about six months after I started doing the azelaic acid, the retinols, the, you know, the salicylic acid, making sure that I was putting enough moisture back into my skin when I, when I felt like I had my skincare really dialed in. And then also the other things in my life, my stress, my, my dietary factors, which can be really hard for a lot of people and just kind of bringing everything together with the teens and, and even adults, the dietary things can be something that's overlooked and not often talked about when it comes to acne. Um, although I think there's like a general understanding that like, Oh, if you're stressed, you might get a pimple, right. Or things like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I would tell your listeners is that dairy products, even goat products, like I would highly recommend removing from your diet at least at least for eight weeks just to see if that is contributing to your skin thank issues. you for saying that <laughs> I'm always trying to convince my clients <laughs> but yeah um, I, I know dairy is hard to give up for a lot of people 
Well, and the hilarious thing about it is I had this one client and she really enjoyed cheese, right? Like as we all do. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining to her the benefits of stopping and not mm -hmm. for her skin and everything. She's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to give this up. Mm -hmm. Right. And then literally just two weeks later, she was like, wow, this is actually easier than I thought. Mm -hmm. This I is agree. Mm -hmm. like, I don't even miss it. And now when I eat cheese, I'm noticing the phlegm in my throat and I'm yeah. noticing how it's affecting my digestion. So I think it's really fun to challenge people and to just do a lot, like give them the opportunity to do a little self-experimentation mm -hmm. and just see how you feel. You don't have to give it up forever. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Just exactly. like have a little ease with your, with yourself and, and use it as an experiment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we need a little convincing for a little while, but it is both, I mean, gluten actually, I think can take a little bit longer sometimes to see the results. Cause I know sometimes people have cut it out for, you know, a month or six weeks and they're like, I didn't notice any difference. And I was like, well, gluten, the impact of gluten can really hang around for quite some time after we cut it out, you know, some, some say, you know, up to six months in a year. So, mm -hmm. but usually I'd say within like three months, most people are going to notice a difference with gluten, but with dairy, it's pretty quick. Usually the, it is the pretty quick. Notice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I, I'm glad you made the point about the skin thing. Cause I, I definitely tell clients when they come to me where skin is a major issue, I'm like, this is probably one of the last things that's going to improve, right? Your digestion is yep. going to get better first. You know, your inflammation is going to go down. You know, you probably, I mean, all the random things that people can experience, you know, from inflammation, joint pain and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the skin, it just, you know, I always try and explain, it's like, your body needs all these nutrients and, and you probably have been, you know, missing out on some of these nutrients because of not getting the right foods or not digesting and absorbing the nutrients from those foods. And so your organs and your tissues and all of that are going to like take that first. And then those outer extremities, AKA your hair, skin, and nails are going to come in last. Cause they're kind of the the body's like, well, we don't, I mean, you need, you obviously need your skin, but like it can be sort of broken down and everything's going to be okay. Right. They're like, exactly. we need to keep the liver running. <laughs> so, you know, the kidneys are going to get stuff for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's helpful for people to understand that coming in because I think so many times they're like, I just want my skin to be better, you know, like right off the bat and hair too, you know, that's another big one for, especially women in their forties when I start losing that hair. So, um, yes. And go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I, I tell people they don't have a skin problem. They have a gut problem. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't until I really did some gut healing protocols that I, I noticed the biggest difference in my skin mm -hmm. and you're right. It, it does take a little bit longer and that's why people get so frustrated with acne and why it's so hard to clear a lot of like, if over the counter acne systems worked, then right. we wouldn't have as much acne as we do right now. Uh, there are other they things They make so much money on. off of those too, right? Because it's like, it just keeps feeding the problem. But people, exactly. you know, maybe it'll get a little bit better or they just feel like I haven't done it long enough or what have you. Absolutely. And for me, I think that food intolerances can play a big role because you're, you're irritating the gut mm -hmm. consistently. And like you were talking about with the gluten, it's not like you can feel leaky gut syndrome, right? 
<laughs> right. You know, and it's not like you can feel gluten inflaming your villi in your right. stomach. Like it's right. not something that's super tangible for people. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that can make it a little bit harder to stick to something when you're not like seeing the results yet. Mm -hmm. But it's important to really just start getting intimate with your with your own body, start paying attention more to how foods make you feel. So I always challenge my clients with a week of a food diary, mm -hmm. but also like a food and mood diary. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. not only are they writing down what they're eating, but then they're writing down like their energy levels. Like, are you feeling cranky today? Like how are your bowel movements? Just like paying attention to all these little intricacies because your body is constantly giving you signs. It's constantly talking to you. And the more awareness you have of your own body, the better that you're just going to be able to create the correct diet for you without listening to anyone else. Like you're going to be able to listen to your body and understand what it needs and what it thrives on. Absolutely. That's such an important point because I believe, you know, despite the fact that I utilize testing and all that, half the time we probably wouldn't need testing if people really tuned in and listened to their bodies and accepted what our bodies are telling us, right? A lot mm -hmm. of times, I mean, I've seen it time and time again, where yeah. we'll run a test and a client will be like, well, yeah, I thought I probably had a dairy intolerance or I thought I had a gluten, you know, but like they needed to see it like in printed form. It is helpful. It see. is helpful. <laughs> I get it. You know, I mean, I'm the same way, but it is interesting that our bodies are always giving us feedback, right? On if something's working or not. And I mean, I've done it too, where I'm like, oh, I eat this food. And the thing is, once you start really tuning into your body, right, you can't like turn it off. You'll mm -hmm. be like trying to deny that you're having a reaction to something because you're like, I want to eat this. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> I'll pay for that. it later. Exactly. I've seen people do that with dairy. Like, it's crazy. They're like, I know I'm going to be like running to the bathroom, but I need this ice cream, you know? Um, and well, that's what enzymes are for. You know, you just... <laughs> Right. But it's also this thing, you know, this fear of giving this thing up. And it's like, well, what is underneath the, the deep connection that you feel to that particular food? You know, like mm. there's something going on there, right? There's an emotional component. There's um, a, some sort of belief system around what would happen if you cut it out. There's, you know, all of this other stuff going on that's not just I want to eat this food you know I mean exactly yeah and so let's talk a little bit we tapped on it in the beginning but let's talk a little bit more about that mindset component because as you mentioned it was like until that really started coming in it's like you had you were bringing all these pieces together but it sounds like that was kind of the the thing that took you over took you over the cliff into the new world. Yeah. Wonderful <laughs> skin. <laughs> oh, beautiful skin. I'll do a close up so you there can you see. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, well, what's really interesting is I was dealing with the irregular menstrual cycles and the acne, right? And mm -hmm. those are two problems I was ferociously working on my entire 20s. Mm -hmm. So I'm 36 now. Mm -hmm. And I so my, my entire twenties were just marked by like, okay, I got to do this blood test or this food test or take this supplement or take this hormone. And they would work for a while, but then I would, then slowly my periods would become irregular again. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I just started 
tapping in more to my rhythm as a woman. And I'm like, okay, so if, if we're creatures of nature, then we're going in rhythm with nature as well. Mm -hmm. We go on our circadian rhythm, which is like Mm -hmm. day and night, right? Mm -hmm. But women also have a 28 day cycle, which Mm -hmm. is our menstrual cycle. And guess what else goes on a 28 day cycle? The moon. Mm -hmm. So looking at my menstrual cycle from a phase of the moon type Mm of (laughs) Mm -hmm. approach was really interesting. And so whenever whenever you're menstruating, it's kind of like a, a full moon. It's kind of like a time to stop and release and, and let go and go within and be internal. And you might want to like stay at home and do certain things in your life. Whereas whenever you're coming through ovulation, like you're feeling more social and more outgoing and things like that. And so I related them to the phases of the moon. And so for people who are into astrology or into that type of thing, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, where like the first half of the moon phase is all about going out in the world and putting out new projects, starting new things. And then you can see the full moon as a stop sign. And then the waning moon cycle is more about going within and finishing projects and doing more internal work. And so I just started to see my menstrual cycle as a a phasic part of my life. So I have my day and night, but then I also have my monthly cycle Mm -hmm. and really started paying attention to when do I need to rest? And as a woman, it's hard because especially like we're in a man's world, right? It's like, it's not like we can just, we don't get time off if we have a a hard menstrual cycle or something going on hormonally. We just have to like power through it. So Mm -hmm. we're just going against our nature all the time. So Mm -hmm. one way that people can help with that, if, if you still have to show up to work, right. And you have kids and it's like, you can't just turn your life off. Uh, Just incorporating more self-care at that time, like not saying yes to social engagements, like Mm -hmm. Um, really taking time to like sip some warm tea or do a bath for yourself or take five minutes to meditate. You know, even the little things can make a big difference. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, certainly talked about that on the podcast here. Um, And it's so easy to get out of that mind frame, right? I mean, I friggin' teach about this stuff and I can totally easily fall out of it, but Every time I come back to, you know, I, I definitely, I'm always tracking my cycle. Um, but every time I come back to really paying attention to that, um, you know, putting out versus taking in, depending on where I am in the cycle and just by tracking your cycle, you're going to know, I mean, so many women, you know, that's where you want to start is just track your cycle because most most women, I don't want to say most, a lot of women do not track their cycle or no, you know, or they, I think a lot of times now too is, and I think they're great. And I use apps too. Right. Because I'm like, I don't necessarily remember a date off the top of my head of when I last started my cycle, but you know, don't necessarily, it's not necessarily going to tell you when you ovulate. Right. Because not every woman ovulates on day 14. And, you know, and I know some, some of these apps will adapt to your cycle over time, but still the best way to know if you've ovulated is to take your temperature every morning when you wake up, you know, and I think it's, it's interesting. And I'm the same way that sometimes we need technology now in order to do these things. And that's fine. (laughs) That's the case, right? There's definitely 
ovulation trackers out there. There's things that can track your temperature for you, you know, and just like get that information, but just knowing where you are in that cycle, you can really start to plan out your, your week, at least, you know, even if you can't like plan a month ahead, it's like, okay, this coming week, I'm like in, you know, the second part of my luteal phase. And now is the time to really start kind of pulling back in. I'm not going to feel like wanting to be around a bunch of people. you know, and how helpful that can be, um, in order to really just change the whole game for you. Oh, yeah. You're frozen. You're frozen. I was like, you froze. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny because I was like, I think she froze and I'm still talking. (laughs) Well, the last thing I heard was just being aware of your ovulation and then being able to plan. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I'll cut out that, that little, um, area and we'll, we'll cut back in here. So, um, let's go into, uh, is there any other aspects of mindset that you want to kind of tap on or touch upon? Um, yes. Okay. Okay. So we'll get back into that. And then I want to talk to you about the circadian rhythm, like shifting when you got into exotic dancing. So, okay. Um, okay. So, um, so any other aspects of mindset that you felt were really helpful for you when, you know, you were working on bettering your skin? Absolutely. I think that, what people don't realize is that you have to see the new version of yourself in your mind's eye before it happens. Mm -hmm. So before you have evidence of clear skin, you have to believe Mm -hmm. you have clear skin Mm -hmm. because you've been telling yourself a story. Mm -hmm. I have acne. You're Mm -hmm. identifying, you're wrapping your identity in this thing, whether it's acne, whether it's a trauma in your life, whether it's, just like a part of you, um, part of like how you look, we wrap our identity into these things. And so I, I wrote like a dry erase marker on my mirror. I have clear skin. Mm. And I just, I looked at that every day. I started visualizing myself with clear skin. I started visualizing my skin clearing. Mm -hmm. I started just saying things to myself like, wow, I can't believe my skin has been clear for this long. Mm. And it didn't happen immediately. Right. But Mm -hmm. I do believe because I incorporated that part into my, my whole routine, like that was the missing cornerstone Mm -hmm. of it all, because really all of our health issues are rooted in our emotions and our belief systems. And so until you go in and change those underlying programs, your body is still operating on that belief system, even though your conscious mind wants to be like, I'm doing everything right. I'm taking all the pills. Like, why is, why is this not mm-hmm. healing for me? Mm-hmm. It's because you have to get behind your own healing first. Mm-hmm. You have to see it and believe mm-hmm. it within. Yeah. I love that. The, I, you know, you have to get behind your own healing. That's such a huge part of it because, you know, I, I work with people all the time and I get it. Cause I've been there when you're in that desperation mode and you're just, you know, you're just like, I need to get better, you know, mm-hmm. but there is this huge lack of belief that you can get better when, you know, so many times there. And so 
it's, you know, really stepping back. And, and I always tell clients and people that, you know, you kind of have to figure out for yourself, whether have you dealt with your trauma enough, you know, to where you can really, that's where I think the mindset jump really comes from is like, you have to deal with some of that underlying trauma and then you can get this different belief in yourself. And that's when that mindset is just like, boom, you know, things really fly forward. Well, as, as messed up as it sounds, these traumas and things are our medicine. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, I had to get to a place where I was grateful for my acne because I was like, wow, thank you for showing me something else was going on underneath. And what do you think acne is? It's on your face, right? Usually it's in your face is how you present yourself to the world. It's Mm -hmm. your self-esteem. It's Mm -hmm. how other people see you. And so when I got into the nitty gritty, I was like, wow, I I do have self-esteem problems. I am really hard on myself. I am sort of ashamed of how I'm being seen by others Mm -hmm. and all these little intricacies of my personality that I was like, wow, it's like the acne is, was trying to show me where I was self-harming in a way. Yeah. And I completely agree as somebody who has rosacea or I I say I have rosacea because it's something that certainly can flare, but I very rarely have flares now, you know, it's, it's not um, a major, major issue for me. Like it was my late twenties, early thirties. And that definitely was a time in my life that was calling me to stand up and being myself. And I didn't, my self-worth was not where it needed to be, you know? And it was um, all of those sort of fears of putting myself into the world and my ability Mm. to do what I wanted to do? Was I able to actually, you know, handle the things that I wanted to be doing? And all of that so much showed up as flares and rosacea, you know? And so, and I mean, I can even remember when I was younger, like I just was writing about this the other day on Instagram because I did a storytelling day, right? And giving speeches when I was younger in school and even when I was in my 20s in my master's program, I mean, I would just get beat red, you know, like immediately. And, uh, you know, to get to a place where I'm actually choosing to go do storytelling. And for some people that may not be that big of a shift or change, but for me, that was huge to move from Mm -hmm. not wanting to be seen really at all, especially in a speaking engagement kind of way. Cause so many people were like, but you were a dancer, a dance instructor for so long. And I was like, that felt different, you know, even though that took a while for me to get to too, but, but really standing up and speaking in front of people. And so I say all that to remind people of our abilities to change drastically in our lives. Right. When we work on these things, when we work on the self-worth, um, and take on things that come our way as challenges, challenges to like help us grow and like beautiful challenges. Absolutely. If we, if we dig a little deeper, there's, there's usually wisdom in our body and the answers are there too. If the problem is in our body, the answer is there too. It's so so true. So let's talk a little bit about, I know that, you know, as you moved into doing exotic dancing and that's just within the past couple of years, is that correct? Well, actually, I I started dancing when I was twenty nine. Oh, okay. And oh. so it's it's been like seven or eight years now. Yeah. Okay. 
And so you, and you started doing nighttime work at that point, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happened then? Because as we talked about circadian rhythms a little while ago, you know, that's like throwing it off because you're probably going to bed at like three, four, 5 a.m. and sleeping, you know, that first part of the day. So did you notice a shift in your health when you first started doing that? So I've always had kind of a night owl <laughs> chronotype gotcha. Gotcha. about myself. I I find it easy to stay up till 2 a.m. Mm. Um, and, and that sort of thing. But I never really, I never really understood how some people could live their whole lives that way and mm-hmm. not have any problems. But mm-hmm. then some people have so many problems right. if they try to you know, live in the wrong part of the day, I say. So there's, there's a whole thing called your chronotype, which Mm -hmm. is basically how you best operate according to the rhythm of the sun, sunlight and nighttime. Right. Mm -hmm. So some people are more geared to stay up late at night and some people are not. And you, you have to be really clear and know Mm -hmm. which person you are Mm because otherwise it, it will be become really stressful on your body. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the biggest thing was understanding that I could also with my, my mentality shift my belief around working late and it Mm. impacting my body. Mm. So that was huge for me. I actually was going around saying, this is, this is harming me. This is harming me, but I was still doing it. Right. 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 And then I was like, wait, but is it, I -hmm. feel healthy. Like I Mm. feel balanced and it just as soon as you take control of your belief system in your body, everything changes. I'm telling you, this has been the biggest aha breakthrough for me as just someone in the healing field for so long. It's mm-hmm. like just taking control of that mindset piece. And so for me, I I was feeling a little stressed in the mornings. Like you feel a little groggier when you wake up because you're waking up around noon. Mm-hmm. You're you're definitely experiencing um, I, I don't feel like it would be any different than if you weren't getting the proper amount of sleep, but you right. were waking up at 6 a.m. Right. I was like, you know? there's a lot of people that wake up groggy anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, am I just telling myself a story? And so what I've done to combat a lot of that is definitely upped my self-care big time. Mm-hmm. So I am a self-care junkie, mm-hmm. <laughs> self-proclaimed and um, one of the things I do every month is a, what I call a queen bath. Mm-hmm. And I do that on the new moon and on the full moon of mm-hmm. every month. Okay. And the, the queen bath can be whatever you want. So I really enjoy taking epically long baths. So the Epsom salts and the bubbles and I'll put herbs in the bath and all the things, have all the candles, maybe put on a, a meditation from YouTube or just mm-hmm. some healing music and just really sit and allow myself to like indulge in my senses and mm. just really rest and relax. So that's something I've incorporated into my routine that I feel has had a huge impact on balancing my menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and just like being able to recoup and regenerate my energy as a woman, especially mm. doing the type of work that I do as an exotic dancer. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's like, that's a lot of outward energy that you're giving in your work. And I think a lot of women can relate to that no matter what kind of work that they do, that there's that outward energy so much. Right. And it's like, we got to pull that back in for our own. So like 
refill our, you know, our systems and, and our, our, whatever you want to call it, your, your glass, your pail, whatever (laughs) your energy, you know? And so I, yeah, it's so funny. I've had these great conversations today that made me make me feel like magical. Like you just talking about that bath. I'm like, yes, I want to go take that bath right now. Yes, it's so important to just to fill in those moments. And one of the things that I do is just I'm I'm super picky about the foods and supplements that go into my body. Mm -hmm. I've I've educated myself as a nutritionist over the years, so it's been a little easier for me. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting for me to actually take all this knowledge that I've gained and be able to apply it to my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very exciting because. I'm, I'm pivoting into supporting exotic dancers with their health mm-hmm. and I'm taking the skincare that I do, the nutrition and everything and using it to support them and um, balancing, like creating a balanced life, even though that they have this kind of alternative world that they live in that right. can be really stressful on the body. It's a lot of energy. Right. It's a lot of outward um, exertion and, and you're an athlete. You're basically, you know, an athlete. And so you have to treat your body as such. And a lot of people don't realize that and end up when they don't prepare going to fast food and like eating late at night and like doing things they shouldn't do. Whereas if they just prepared and brought a meal into work or brought a protein shake in that they could have like avoided that late night Mm. burger and fries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask if you come across a lot of women that are kind of struggling with their health if they've been doing exotic dancing for a while, because I know for me, I could certainly fall into that like routine, especially if you're working that hard at that time of night. And then just at the end being like, yeah, just give me like whatever greasy food, you know? I mean, it's like you, I would think have to be a very conscious person to not choose to do that. Yeah. It's all about setting yourself up for success with anything. And I tell my, my nutrition clients this all the time. It's like, you know, you have to eat three times a day, right? It shouldn't be a surprise every day when you wake up Good point. that you have to feed yourself. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, Oh my God, what we... am I going to eat today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that used to be me. I used to yeah. just wake up and drink coffee yeah. and go four hours before eating yeah. anything because I dreaded making myself breakfast. Oh, and so, so hard now I just on our poor eat the same thing days. for breakfast yes. every day. Yep. Just yep. like, make it easy for yourself. Right. So yeah, it's it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Do you, do you end up working with like, are a lot of the women in their twenties, I'm assuming, or in their 30, early thirties that you're, that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. It can be a a range. There are a lot of younger women, which I've been drawn to working with my entire career. I've tended to attract clients that are in their early twenties and are just like, maybe having their first spiritual awakening as mm-hmm. a woman or like really kind of coming into themselves is such a like vibe vital time right mm-hmm. then in your early twenties until you're 25 mm-hmm. to really establish your boundaries and like step into the woman that you're mm-hmm. becoming. And so I love being able to influence a young woman at that time in her life. And I think it just naturally kind of came about like women were observing how I conducted myself mm-hmm. and the, the ways that I t- took care of myself and how my body was in such good shape and, Mm -hmm. and all of these things like, you know, seeing me make great money. So like, Mm -hmm. there's all these things they're like secretly taking notes on and watching me. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of 
individually started coming to me and being like, Hey, so what do you like? What do you, what is your workout routine? Or um, like, what are you doing for your skin? And uh, mm. just like these kind of naturally evolved. And I just started helping them with different aspects. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm an expert at this yeah. because I've been doing it for eight years and taking care of myself. And so now I can pass some of that on to them. Right. It's, it's a very cool experience. Yeah. Very cool. And I can imagine particularly some of the larger cities, like in the U S and everything where, um, you know, there's just, especially, I don't know, I'm imagining like New York, like I would be, if I was exotic dancing there, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go out and just be out the rest of the night and, you know, eat all the things and drink all the things, you know, especially if you're like 25, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's like it, you're a good, uh, resource and also, you know, the way that you do look and carry yourself, it's like, okay, yeah, this is what can happen if you start taking care of yourself now, you know, like, especially if you want to continue that career long-term, right. And keep making that money. Like right. you, you gotta, you know, the outer vessels gotta look good. Like the inner vessel does too. Exactly. And yeah. I think I, I started dancing because I really enjoyed it. Like I was learning pole dance for fun and it felt like very liberating to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I really wanted to pay to be able to afford to invest in my health. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be able to buy supplements and I wanted to be able to get the testing I wanted. So mm -hmm. actually it's very funny how this medicine has come out of that. Like I've, I've always still continued to do health coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I, I started dancing and just do it a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been able to like give me the monetary freedom to be able to then invest back into myself mm -hmm. with the supplements and things that I want. So it's, it's been a very interesting like addition to my career, but also is like, sh like leading the way into the next phase of things for mm -hmm. me. And I think that the, um, you know, I call it sex work. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that exotic dancers are having sex in the clubs, right. but it is, it is it considered is sex work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that I've always been really interested in women's rights and supporting women who are not advocating for themselves. And I mm. really feel like women should take more care with themselves and their boundaries and their, their vessel. And I don't think that a lot of women in that industry do that, mm. I, even though they're good people. I mm -hmm. just think like, it's really easy to get sucked into the lifestyle of having drinks every night at work mm -hmm. and like all those types of things. So really just showing women like there's, there's actually another way. And the exotic dancer community is actually very conscious. And it's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting. A lot of people think it is a lot of just people on drugs or mm -hmm. right. people right. that don't have any other choice, but that's not true at all. Right. Like these are empowered women who are, going after it. They're oftentimes in school, they're supporting mm -hmm. a family, they're like really intelligent women who are interested in healing and astrology and all these beautiful things. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's quite a diverse community in that world. And I, yeah. I want to shed more light on the fact that it is a legitimate job. It is a legitimate way to be in the world. And it is allowing women to kind of break free from a lot of the the shame and the, I guess, more like oppressive mm -hmm. uh, energies in the world that I think have been on us a long time. <laughs> so. Well, it's like taking back control of your own narrative, you know, mm -hmm. 
And so, and really, yeah, empowering yourself to kind of do what you want to do in this life, right? And like, like you said, like, you're able to sort of take care of yourself on a different level because of this, you know? So it's like, you've taken control of the narrative, you're able to really use it in ways that are, you know, self-sustaining and that maybe you wouldn't have been able to otherwise, because as we all know, like taking care of yourself, unfortunately, is not cheap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, on. I mean, I, yeah. I hope that this changes in the next few years because I understand how much it can, you know, be a barrier for some people to be able to access like functional medicine and things like that, you know? And so it's like, how do we get around these old confines around women and, and really run with, yeah run with what we want yeah, to be well, doing, the, making money doing the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole medical system needs to shift and mm-hmm. especially women's care. And I feel that the more women that are empowered with money, the more that they can take care of themselves and really make the changes in the world that we need to see. I truly believe that women are the way showers and we are the ones that carry the magic and we carry the gifts. And for me, exotic dancing allowed me to come out of my shell in a way I've never experienced before. Like you literally just become this superhero in heels and Mm -hmm. uh, command attention. And it, it really, I think went hand in hand with my healing, just Mm -hmm. allowing myself to, to fully embrace my sensuality, my sexuality and my body and release the shame, release that pressure of being perfect and looking perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, getting that direct feedback of the club of being like, Oh, you don't, you don't have to look a certain way or be a certain way to make money. And Mm -hmm. it just like elevated my self-esteem. And then that's when my, my skin cleared. I just was like, Mm. okay, this is, I can fully be myself. I don't have to be ashamed of this part of myself. Mm -hmm. I can be a health coach and an exotic dancer. I can be this and that. And so many times women are just putting ourselves into boxes. And I, I feel like it's important for us to embrace our weirdness and our magic and whatever it is that makes us different and really step into that. And that's when the true healing happens. Yes. That's so beautiful. And I feel like everything you just said can definitely be a program that you can create for women too. <laughs> like I, I was like thinking as you were talking, I was like, Oh, this is good. This is a good, like self-guided program that she can teach at some point too. You know, <laughs> So I'm ready. Just throwing that out there. You know, I think there's so many layers to um, the work that you're doing. And so even just that, you know, getting women, into their bodies, loving their bodies as they are, mm-hmm. and all the healing that can come from that is so hugely important. Ah, such a good conversation. So yes. let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Well, I am over on Instagram at Danielle Shawley. You can send me a DM and we can talk about what it is you're looking to do, whether it's a new skincare routine, whether if anything else I said piqued your interest, we can definitely, I create custom programs for people and I work one-on-one. So I'm, I'm excited to just work with people in whatever capacity they come to me with and create something that's totally unique to them. It's very exciting. Nice. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing information with us today and like really going there in these, you know, different arenas that 
um, aren't talked about enough. So I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you, Christine. Such a pleasure. Yeah. All right, you guys, I will see you next time.